Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We're counting up, up to the next appointment. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Elohim's calendar gives clear instructions for us to determine when to meet Him. To make the next appointment, we simply need to know when to start counting. Amen. To our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Pandora, Tumblr, and YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shout out to our listeners in Louisiana and Kenya. Amen. In our last podcast, we talked about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This year's feast was a powerful time of great blessing for us. Amen, Mama? Mm-hmm. Amen. So now that this feast has ended for this year, we move to counting the Omer. Now, if you haven't heard it already, please check out our episode number 36 called Count the Weeks. In that podcast, we gave an overview of counting the Omer that will hopefully be a great blessing to you. For this podcast, we'll try not to repeat ourselves. There is a whole lot to talk about. So, Miss, would you read the scripture in Leviticus about counting the Omer? Sure, Daddy. Leviticus 23, starting at verse 9, reads, Yehovah said to Moshe, Tell the people of Israel, After you enter the land I am giving you and harvest its ripe crops, you are to bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the Kohen. He is to wave the sheaf before Jehovah, so that you will be accepted. The Kohen is to wave it on the day after the Shabbat. On the day after you wave the sheaf, you are to offer a male lamb without defect in its first year as a burnt offering for Jehovah. Its grain offering is to be one gallon of fine flour mixed with olive oil, an offering made by fire, to Jehovah as a fragrant aroma. Its drink offering is to be of wine, one quart. You are not to eat bread, dried grain, or fresh grain until the day you bring the offering for your God. This is a permanent regulation throughout all your generations, no matter where you live. From the day after the day of rest, that is, from the day you bring the sheaf for waving, you are to count seven full weeks. Until the day after the seventh week, you are to count 50 days, and then you are to present a new grain offering to Jehovah. Thanks, Mama. Now let's break down the scripture you just read. Okay. Counting the Omer is a counting of the time between first fruits and Shavuot, the next set-apart time of Jehovah. Now we notice that Shavuot doesn't have a specific date on the calendar. Its timing has to be calculated. Or count it. From last week's podcast, we remember that the Feast of Unleavened Bread lasts for seven days, starting the day after Passover. Within that eight-day span, there will always be a weekly Sabbath during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The timing of that weekly Sabbath is important for us to mark. The reason why the weekly Sabbath day during Unleavened Bread is important to mark is because the very next day is what the Bible calls first fruits. This is the day when Jehovah set apart to recognize the resurrection of Yeshua, his unique son. 
I want to say this without being too direct, but I really want to make this point. Many churches refer to Resurrection Sunday, never mentioning first fruits. For many churches, Resurrection Sunday is simply a more palatable name for Easter Sunday. Regardless of what we may call it, Easter Sunday by any other name is not the same as first fruits. Those of us who love the Elohim of Israel should follow his instructions and should be careful to not add or take away from his instructions. That includes renaming or repurposing the celebration of Jehovah's Messiah's resurrection. Amen. So, Miss, let's read the account of first fruits given in John chapter 20. Starting at verse 1, it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Miriam from Magdala went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she came running to Shimon Kepha, or Simon Peter, and the other disciple, you know, the one Yeshua loved, mm -hmm. and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Then Kepha and the other disciple started for the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple outran Kepha and reached the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen burial sheets lying there, but did not go in. Then, following him, Shimon Kepha arrived, entered the tomb, and saw the burial sheets lying there, also the cloth that had been around his head, lying not with the sheets, but in a separate place and still folded up. Then the other disciple, who had arrived at the tomb first, also went in. He saw and he trusted. Now they had not yet come to understand that the Tanakh teaches that the Messiah has to rise from the dead. Picking up at verse 10, it says, So the disciples returned home, but Miriam stood outside crying. As she cried, she bent down, peered into the tomb, and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Yeshua had been, one at the head and one at the feet. To our listeners, remember that description of the position of the angels. It reminds me of what is depicted on the mercy seat the cover of the Ark of the Covenant. Picking up at verse 13, we read, Why are you crying? The angels asked her. They took my Lord, she said to them, and I don't know where they have put him. As she said this, she turned around and saw Yeshua standing there, but she didn't know it was he. Yeshua said to her, Lady, why are you crying? Whom are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you're the one who carried him away, just tell me where you put him, and I'll go and get him myself. Yeshua said to her, Miriam. Turning, she cried out to him in Hebrew, Rabbanai, that is, teacher. And Yeshua responded with, Don't touch me, because I have not yet gone back to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am going back to my Father and your Father to my Elohim and your Elohim. The high priest who carried out the annual first fruits offering ceremony remained separated from others until he delivered the first fruits offerings to Elohim. Okay. Now this was a picture of the actual work done by Yeshua, and it's why he told Miriam to not touch him, because he had not yet offered the actual first fruits offering. Yeshua is our high priest as well as the first fruits of those 
who have died and rose from the dead. He lifted up himself to the Father on the same day and the same time that the priest in Jerusalem lifted up the first fruits offerings. The first fruits is a clear picture of the work of the Messiah. No substitute could be clearer. Another reason why first fruits is so important is that it is the first day of counting the Omer. Remember the instructions we read from Leviticus 23, verse 15? From the day, after the day of rest, that is, from the day you bring the sheep for waving, you are to count seven full weeks, until the day after the seventh week. You are to count 50 days. The 50th day counted is Shavuot. Check out our podcast number 41, Pentecost 2020, for more details on Shavuot. Verse 15 says, count the Omer for yourselves. I understand that to be a direct instruction, telling us to do the counting as individuals, actively participating in this set-apart rehearsal. So don't let someone else do your counting for you. Now, the Hebrew word for count is safar. As a noun, safar means something written, like legal documents, historical records, or even prophetic messages. As a verb, safar means to write or produce something in a mathematical sense, or to find the total number of units involved by naming the numbers in order up to and including the last number. That makes me think of counting each day, with each day being one of those units mentioned in the definition. So with that in mind, we should boldly say that today is the 10th, 18th, or whatever day it is in counting the Omer. Name each day by its number. It is so important to be tuned in to Elohim's calendar. Now to the men listening, Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 and 17, has a very clear message for you. It says, Three times a year all your men are to appear in the presence of Jehovah your Elohim, in the place where he will choose, at the festival of Matzah, at the festival of Shavuot, and at the festival of Sukkot. They are not to show up before Jehovah empty-handed, but every man is to give what he can in accordance with the blessing Jehovah your Elohim has given you. The Feast of Jehovah are great times to give offerings to the ministries that are a blessing to you. Don't overlook the local assemblies that are there to help you directly and that provide fellowship and sound instruction with living examples. While you are counting the Omer, count the cost of the blessings these ministries are to you and return some of that blessing to them. Another interesting fact about this season is why we should count. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is always on Aviv 15. The Feast of Sukkot is always on the 15th day of the seventh month. The Feast of Shavuot, however, must be calculated in order to know when to be there. This is why they were told to count. Being spread out across Israel, it was necessary that everyone had a way of knowing when to come to this feast. There were no printed calendars back then, right Tim? That's right. In order for them to keep track of the days, so Jehovah gave them instructions as to when to start counting for themselves so they would know when to go to the place where Jehovah would meet them. Mama, you know, today's church culture seems to know nothing about counting the Omer. For many people, it may seem to be 
another biblical instruction that has nothing to do with salvation. Like most other appointments we deem important, you know, like catching a plane or going to an interview, knowing and preparing to meet with our Elohim and King is something that we should not want to miss. That's right. Yeshua, our perfect example, counted the Omer and was obedient to Yehovah's commandments because he was in Jerusalem on Shavuot at the right time. How do we know that? John chapter 2 verse 13 says that the Jews' Passover was at hand and Yeshua went up to Jerusalem. The next story involves Yeshua forcefully putting the merchants of livestock and the money changers out of the temple. Uh, John chapter 5 verse 1 reads, After this, meaning the healing of the nobleman's son, there was a feast of the Jews, and Yeshua went up to Jerusalem again. Dad, because we know the order of the feast of Yehovah, we can safely say that the feast of the Jews that they were talking about is Shavuot. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. So Yeshua followed his heavenly father's instructions. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and write off counting the Omer as Jewish practices that don't apply to you? Or would you take the red pill and count the days between first fruits and Shavuot according to the Torah, God's instructions? Only you can answer that question. Our Elohim has a way of requiring his people to do things that seem unusual by the world's standards. Since we are his set-apart people, we need to be used to being different and living in a different way. We can't love this world and its things so much that we reject Jehovah's way to be accepted by society. To do that would make us unacceptable to our Elohim. Sure would. As Paul wrote in Romans chapter 2, starting at verse 1, I exhort you, therefore, brothers, in view of Elohim's mercies, to offer yourselves as a sacrifice, living and set apart for Elohim. This will please him. It is the logical temple worship for you. In other words, don't let yourselves be conformed to the standards of this world. Instead, keep letting yourselves be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you will know what Elohim wants and will agree that what he wants is good, mm -hmm. satisfying, and able to succeed. Amen. So renew your mind. Count the Omer. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we've shared. Talk about it with your family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.